Good morning. Today's episode is an outtake episode from Hobby Hotline. I encourage you to listen to the whole episode. I just pull off 10 minutes or so of things, mainly me, but I certainly enjoy the other co-hosts. One of the things I like about Hobby Hotline is it it's different every week. It's twice a week, but every time I'm on, which is about once a month, maybe slightly more. I was on a couple times in a row. Different co-hosts, some of the same callers or commenters, but frequently some new ones, some regulars, but some new ones. I was on with Brad Bethune, manning the switchboard, and then Herman and Adam, and that particular chemistry. Again, different month, different time in the hobby, different questions. It just comes up different each time, and I like that. I like it to be more spontaneous, and that's why I pull some outtakes. There are generally things that I haven't devoted a whole episode to or haven't come at in a certain way. So I thank you, Hobby Hotline crew, now up to, I think, 21 co-hosts, so it's very rotational. And this time we talked about the aspect of International Trading Card Day and how that's being expanded by TOPS, which is essentially now Fanatics. And that's a natural progression. It's the way they want to go. And I found a number of affirming <laughs> words in there that I'm excited about. I do want the hobby to grow. And I think we all do. We want it to grow in a responsible manner, though. Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck. Today's episode, a little bit more about Tops, which is, again, now a subsidiary of Fanatics, but also Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. This International Trading Card Day is something that ostensibly benefits everybody. Because if it broadens and increases the hobby, then to me, that's a really good thing. The international aspect, I'm the sports card guy, but I can see that the expansion of the hobby is going to come from more than just the sports world. So thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoy this brief conversation from Hobby Hotline. And again, check out uh, Hobby Hotline on Saturday mornings and Tuesday evenings as you can. And uh, thanks again. This 2.4 million card that was supposed to be 6.6. I think the 2.4 is a little bit lower than I was expecting, 6.6. I didn't think it would sell for that much. It's a card that is probably going to be the most expensive card from the 2021-22 basketball card that's like literally from this year. The first card to sell for over a million that was pulled from that same year's product. The fact that it sold for under that is not as surprising to me as a modern-day card selling for that much. I mean, you got vintage rookies cards that won't even touch that now. I know it's a one-on-one, but... At the same time, high rares are one on one now. Nobody knows who bought it. What's the odds that one of the uh, fractional companies may have picked it up? Mm. When they buy something like that, they kind of keep it close to their chest until they put it out for shares, don't they? Yeah, that's very true. A lot of times with the glamour cards or auctions that go perhaps perceived as being a little bit too cheap, in the days or hours after the auction, sometimes that card gets flipped. I'm not hearing a bunch of people saying, oh, man, I would have paid three. I would have paid four because it's worth six. The market was what it was. But if something goes too cheap, there's some people that will contact Golden. There's ways of finding out these things and make an offer for three million if it's such a great card. It is a great card, but that's the price it went for in an open, highly publicized auction. If they make another triple logo, man, next year, this one could drop a lot. Honestly, I don't think Panini would do that from an ethical standpoint for the card companies it's about making money so if they can make money from producing another triple lebron logo man like maybe that's their prerogative but the fact that this got so much publicity for them to just the next year 
come out with another triple logo man i think that would be bad not good for the value of that card or the value of cards like that in the future i hope the higher ups at panini see that and they're not just like let's just do it again like who cares like it's a big deal and i think hopefully they view it as a big deal as well you just said it set a record for a price for a current year of cards so i agree with you they shouldn't do another lebron triple logo man but this concept is a huge winner and they're not going to pull the plug on that they're going to do something yeah, the concept is great but if they do an exact copy i agree but what did panini get out of it they that's, got that's, some marketing exposure but th they didn't get much out of the 2.4 million <laughs> but this will drive interest in future product and they yeah. have to parlay that somehow again a pure ripoff the exact same card just same song second verse that that would give them negative publicity i agree right. but any other kind of triple logo man or a quadruple logo man or whatever they can do. This concept is a huge winner. And who's disappointed that it's 2.4 million? Is it Ken Golden? Is it the owner, the person that pulled the card? I mean, they've got 2.4 million reasons to be really excited. Just wait for them to do the Jordan triple logo man. Just wait for them to do the Jordan. Now, I'm not interested in the LeBron logo man. And I'm not a big basketball, but a Jordan, like, I just got goosebumps. A Jordan logo man, that would, that I would be interested in and follow that story because, or a Shaq, or an AI, or a 90s basketball guy, and a triple logo man, or even a quad logo man. How many rookie cards, baseball, Hall of Famers? I would probably do rookie cards, and I'm sure Dr. Beckett would be buying Hall of Famers, or he'd be sitting there. Could you imagine? With $2.4 million, Dr. Beckett sitting in a dollar box, Woo! he'd be destroying it. Brad, it exists. It's called the Singles Club. I'm just about to say it's the Singles Club next week. You can be sure, Fanatics, you betcha. They're paying acute interest in this. It's really interesting. Fanatics has come in, which has made huge business in replica jerseys. And not every jersey is game used, let's say. But... Collectors are now realizing it's not just there's a swatch card. It's what's the provenance of the swatch? What's the uniqueness of it? And a logo man is a very unique part of it. And there's some scarcity in that. So I think Fanatics is going to pay attention and they're going to do interesting materials like the NASCAR guys. I mean, they got lug nuts and, and fire suits. So anything interesting like that, the card company is going to move toward and combining in a historical collectors are serious sports fans so they're going to appreciate that nuance but if they overdo it it'll kill the golden goose but yeah they're going to get as much out of the goose as they can well, that's true instead of doing national we're going to do international and you're going to get this four card pack here and then if you buy a certain amount ten dollars you're going to get the show and then if you come in on the 13th you're going to get the wander but overseas, they're going to do soccer cards. They're going to do Pokemon cards. They're going to do garbage pail cards. They're going to do all sorts of other different things to kind of make this thing international. What are your thoughts on expanding this into an international trading card day? Keywords, number one, international. I'm happy they're going to move toward more national and trading. It opens up this sport and non-sport. So it's just obvious that fanatics, and you could say it's tops, but it's really fanatics saying, this is the way we see the market. We see it more than just sports, and we see it more than just North America.
And so that's great. That's good for us now. And they're a company that can probably pull this off. And so if they can promote those brands around the world, it's a benefit to the hobby as we know it. It's the only way the hobby is going to double, triple, quadruple, 10x. Yeah. Whenever I talk to soccer collectors or people into soccer who are maybe trying to get into cards, most of the time they're thinking stickers are the cards, which they are in theory, but the cards are the main stage here in the United States. I think Fanatics with an international strategy probably needs to figure out a way to either tie those two things together or try and bring cards more into the forefront than stickers. I think, and that's probably the case. If you look at like Tops UK, they have their Twitter account and their Instagram page. They have a ton of followers and they have a ton of engagement on their stuff and posting about tons of soccer products that are coming out. And just from a quick soccer point, I think one of the great things that Tops has done with soccer is started to include products of smaller leagues and that includes the champions league obviously that's not smaller but europa league it's like the champions league but the teams that didn't make the champions league so it's going to be a lot of those smaller teams i think including those teams in products they obviously have the bundesliga and i think they did one with the australian bundesliga as well so including these new leagues and from new countries i think is a phenomenal strategy for tops to try and get into these markets and show people either cards are just as good as stickers or maybe they don't even realize that these cards are being made because most of these small leagues like these players never had any cards the third operative word in international trading card day is they're not necessarily throwing stickers under the bus but mm -hmm. stickers mainly is panini italy they have huge business in that, okay? So tops, they're not saying stickers are no good. They're just saying, come on up to the big leagues, come up to the really collectible stuff, and that's trading cards. And it's a hobby for everybody. If you're doing stickers, you can keep doing that, but the real value is in cards. So that's another subtle message, and it's what the hobby thinks. A sticker is not as good as a card in the current hobby. Ooh. Yeah, the soccer Ooh. people are not going to like to hear that. When I was getting back into soccer and talking to soccer people, I always thought Prism for soccer was like the big set. And it did grow in popularity, but that's just because people in the United States were buying Prism, not people outside the United States. Because for us, the sticker doesn't really mean anything the same way that like a Prism card outside the United States has the same connotation. Like they don't necessarily care that it's Prism the same way that we don't really care it's a sticker. I'm just saying this International Trading Card Day is not about promoting stickers. For stickers, what's the chase card? And how many of you have any game-used sticker cards? It's very retro. You get your stickers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But to think it's going to come up to what cards are, cards have 100 years of history. In fact, oh. cards have more history than stickers do. I think stickers are a second-class collectible. I'm saying that publicly now, compared to cards what? in what? their collectability and in their value. And until somebody shows me a game-used triple Logo Man sticker, I'm going to say cards are more interesting. There's it's a production a problem. Right you yeah, know what that's called? That's called a puffy sticker, which they used to have. <laughs> 